This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Mountain Biking Park City. It's mountain bike season. Experience a world-class mountain bike destination in Park City, Utah. From vast, gentle rolling hills in Round Valley to white-knuckle descents at Deer Valley Resort, Park City boasts 450 miles of award-winning single track, gravity trails, bike parks, and lift-served riding for all ability levels. Plus, you get the lodging, dining, and entertainment options you'd expect from a world-class resort town. Round out your stay with other recreation activities like fly fishing or horseback riding, free concerts, art galleries, shopping, and more. It all comes together in Park City, and it's what's pushed this mountain bike destination to the gold standard. Get your Park City, Utah vacation rolling by visiting mountainbikingparkcity.com. You're listening to Frontlines, a podcast for the people that truly make mountain biking happen. Not the riders, racers, or product designers, but the builders, advocates, and the often forgotten board members of your local mountain bike trail association. For those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we're quickly approaching summer and the official start of mountain bike season. For the podcast, we're into the final stretch of episodes before I take a summer hiatus. Following this episode, we only have three more to go, and they'll include a couple of panel discussions. The first is on paid staff, and the second will be a panel of dads to celebrate Father's Day. Now, I'm still finalizing the details for the final episode before summer, but that episode will be released on June 28th. Now, this episode, I'm joined by three executive directors from three different trail organizations, Two of them have recently rebranded from being bike-specific organizations into more all-encompassing trail organizations. As always, I'm your host, Brian Hillier, and this is episode 63 of Frontlines. I'm joined by three guests. The first is a longtime supporter and listener of the show and the executive director of the Vail Valley Mountain Trails Alliance. Joining me from Vail, Colorado, Ernest Sager. Hi, Ernest. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brent. Thanks for having me. Next, joining me from Haley, Idaho, the director of the Wood River Trails Coalition out in the Sun Valley area, Sarah Grass. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for the invite. And if you've listened to any past episodes, you might be familiar with my final guest for today, longtime friend of the podcast, past guest, and executive director of the North Shore Mountain Bike Association in North Vancouver, British Columbia, Christine Reed. Hi, Christine. Hi. Good to have you back. Great to be back. So I want to start with a, a little history from each of you. And, and Ernest, if you wouldn't mind starting us off, uh, what's the community of, of Vail, Colorado like? And, and how long has the Vail Valley Mountain Trails Alliance been around? The Vail Valley or Vail, Colorado, we, we encompass uh, the east to west boundaries of Eagle County, which includes Vail, Eagle, Colorado, um, and a number of other municipalities. And we, we have a population of about 55,000 people right now. And according to our state demographer, that's supposed to almost double in the next 25 years, being a resort community and, and many people just wanting to come and play and live in the mountains. But the Vail Valley Mountain Trails Alliance started in 2011. Um, a, a small group of locals here, one of uh, our founder and president owned a bike shop locally for a long time, just finally decided that talk was cheap instead of sitting around and talking about how trails need to be fixed or maintained or we want to build this new trail. They, they decided to actually do something about it. 
and the uh, organization was formed. Um, we're still a NIMBA chapter uh, and fell underneath NIMBA's 501c3 since then. And for the past eight years, we've been the, the, the stewards and, and trail um, advocates for our region, our county, building, maintaining, advocating for uh, soft surface trails. And how long have you been a part of the organization? I've been on our board for, it's, I, I was on our board for about three and a half years. And just recently, we took the, the big step of hiring our first full-time executive director, which I have the honor and, and pleasure of filling in for that role. Uh, I just, my first day was, I believe, two and a half weeks ago. So I've been involved with the organization for, for a while, um, but now I am in the shoes of, of the executive director position. Awesome. And Sarah, the Wood River Trails Coalition out in, uh, in Haley, Idaho, or in the, the Sun Valley area, tell us a, a bit about the community there. Similar to Vail, but smaller. Um, Sun Valley, Ketchum, and Haley, Bellevue, the four towns in the Wood River Valley comprise about like 15,000 residents and the whole county is 20. So not very big. I've been told it's like Colorado in the seventies, but I wasn't alive. So I couldn't tell you. Um, (laughs) So that's basically a very seasonal population. um, Lots of second homes, you know, your typical kind of resort community. Um, And Haley's got, I think three traffic lights and Ketchum's got four. So there's maybe less than 10 traffic lights in the Valley, I think. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's really great. But we have over 400 miles of trail right accessible from Haley and Ketchum. Um, You could ride your mountain bike right at the front door. Um, So that's pretty fantastic. So it's fairly remote and very seasonal and just a really great place to live if you'd like to be out by yourself on trails like 20 minutes from town. And you've been in your current position for about a year now, is it? Uh, About a year. Yeah, it'll be a year in June. And previous to that, you were with the, the Forest Service. What was your role with them? I was on the trail crew out of the Ketchum Ranger District, so taking care of those 400 miles of trail right outside of town. So I was doing that for three years, and I've only lived here for four. I originally grew up in Boise, so just two hours away and not completely out of towner, but basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd heard rumblings about the Bicycle Coalition, which now we're the Trails Coalition, wanting to kind of hire someone and make some things happen. And so I kind of sent my resume out, and here I am a year later. Yeah. And you mentioned to me that that during your interview uh, for your current position, you said, uh, and I'll I'll kind of loosely quote you here, I I am a horrible mountain biker. I hope that's okay. (laughs) And, uh, and obviously you, you got the job. So, uh, but how did, how did the executive at the the then Wood River Bike Coalition, how did they receive that statement? (laughs) Uh, She laughed and said, that's perfect. Um, (laughs) She was like, oh, great. So you'll actually sit inside and send emails, not just want to ride your bike all the time. And it's like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. So that was actually kind of a plus in my favor, which was hilarious. I was kind of nervous. I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm not a greatest mountain. I love mountain biking. I love being out on trails, but it's just not my greatest skill set. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter for what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do. So, <laughs> well, and it has, it has no merit for who's going to, to be a, a great executive director for a trail organization. It, it has, it's the, the least important thing I would say. Uh, yeah. In, in, in a skill set. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I think I understand how to build a mountain bike trail better than I understand how to write it. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, now, Christine, uh, can you give us a, a brief history about the, the North Shore Mountain Bike Association and, and tell us a, a little bit about the community uh, around North Vancouver, British Columbia? 
Absolutely. So the North Shore Mountain Bike Association has been in existence since 1997. So we're in our 21st year. And I say that we've learned a lot over the last two decades, um, uh, just about who we can be in the community and who we're being for mountain biking, but also for the trail network on the North Shore. And the community that we are a part of is very urban in comparison to a lot of other trail associations. So the North Vancouver community is about 150,000 people, but right across a body of water, we have over 2.5 million people who potentially could be accessing um, the trails and the trail network very quickly. It's about 15 minutes to a half an hour drive, depending on traffic, on the North Shore to access these trails. So we do see a lot of different varieties of people from beginners to expert riders who are looking to come and utilize the trail network here. Yeah. And, and all three of these communities, although perhaps on the, the surface it may appear to be different, I think share a, a lot of, of similar qualities. I think there's a, a lot of visitors to all three of these communities. Living Myself living in, in North Vancouver, I know the community doesn't consider it to be a resort town. But when I first moved to North Vancouver, it was as a, a, a ski instructor and a ski patroller. And I looked at it as an, a resort town when I moved here. And uh so you've got this this uh, ski resort uh, that operates uh, or multiple ski resorts that operate in the winter. And then with that, in the summer, you've got a very active uh, community uh, as well. Now, Sarah and, and Ernest, your organizations have, have gone through rebranding recently. And, and the Wood River Trails Coalition was known as the, the Wood River Bike Coalition. And the Vale Valley Mountain Trails Alliance was previously known as the Vale Valley Mountain Bike Association. When did this change officially happen? And when did the process of this change actually begin? Ernest, do you mind starting us off with that? We've been talking about this change for probably a year now. Um, and it just started to naturally come together because it's the name change better reflects what we have already been doing and what our true mission and vision and values are. Yes, we, we are mountain bikers first and foremost. That's our, our core, our value. We like to joke around as a board that we are trail advocates with a mountain biking problem. But the, the reality was that 98% of all the trails that we've ever maintained or built um, or advocated for have been multi-use trails. And you know, the, the nature of that is really where we live and, and the terrain where we live. We, we're in a tight valley that the Forest Service land is surrounds us uh, everywhere we are, um, Forest Service and or BLM. They, it's generally all multi-use trails. So uh, we have for certain standards that we have to build to and certain user groups that we need to make sure that we accommodate for, which is really hiking, biking, and equestrian use. And so it was, it was a natural change for us. We have an Adopt-A-Trail program that we kicked off three years ago, and even 20% of those trails are in wilderness area surrounding us. So we maintain trails that you can't even bike on. So it just was a natural, a natural change for us. And Sarah, what about the, the Wood River Trails Coalition? I'm going to echo a lot of the same stuff that Ernest just said. It was kind of the same sort of deal, realizing, hey, we take care of, help take care of all the trails around the valley, and you can ride your bike or walk or ride your horse on pretty much all of the trails. And so the idea 
have been kicked around for years. And then when I got hired last summer, I was basically hired to start a program to start raising money to help fund our Forest Service crews because they basically get not enough funding to have a crew every single year and rely on grants. And that's just not, you can't plan for anything when you don't know if you're going to have a crew the next year. So we're hoping to fill some of those gaps. And so as the summer was going on, I was just like, you guys, I'm, I'm having a hard time selling this idea from the bike coalition because people are asking me, well, is it only for bike trails? And my answer is no, it wasn't. It was for everything. It's for the crew who takes care of all the trails. And so we kind of were just like, yeah, I mean, it makes the most sense to just kind of take that stumbling block out from in front of us and just be the trails coalition. And then we'll be doing literally all the same things we've been doing, which is organize volunteer nights, you know, fundraise for new trail projects and help fund trail crews. So it just made a lot more sense to do that. So we literally just took the B and turned it into a T in our logo. And here we are. And so it's been really well received so far. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who's not happy, (laughs) but I haven't heard it yet. (laughs) Uh, But if you try to please everyone, you're going to please no one. Mm -hmm. So it just made a lot of sense from that aspect. And this is our first summer of being the Trails Coalition. Um, which is pretty exciting. All three of these organizations build and and maintain not just mountain bike trails, you know, hiking trails, walking trails, uh, perhaps equestrian trails as as well. Did all of you start, did all of these organizations start by just simply focusing on mountain biking trails and then slowly transitioned into maintaining other trails? Or was it a case of that the mountain bike trails were just multi-use trails? And so by default, you were you were maintaining all activity types out there? I think for, for us as the Vail Valley Mountain Trails Alliance, we, we began as we wanted to imp- improve the trails that were already existing. So they're already multi-use, but we were mountain bikers. So we wanted to make them better trails for mountain biking, first and foremost. And I, I think that's where we began our, our venture into trail maintenance and building and advocacy. It just was naturally pushed into, well, now we're multi-use because every trail that we do bike on is a multi-use trail. And working with our land managers who would really only like to see multi-use trails, not bike-specific or hiking-specific, we we generally just we're pulled into it and we're happy to do it. We're, we're out there. We have Wednesday night trail crews and majority of the people that show up to every single one of our, our trail work nights are mountain bikers. Um, but we're happy to help and build and maintain for hikers as well, because we are that as in the end too. We don't just bike, we hike at the same time. Yeah. I would say for the North shore mountain bike association, I mean, our organization was birthed out of advocating for the removal of mountain bike trail features and mountain bike trails on the North Shore. So it was very much a call to action for mountain bikers. But these trails and what could have potentially happened was a lot of closure of other trails. And so through us becoming a nonprofit organization and being able to advocate not only for mountain bike trails, a lot of the shared use network was able to be established, not only as a sanctioned trail network, but also to be maintained and permitted to continue to keep the trails in the shape that they are and ensure that they could be around in the network for many years to come. Yeah. And Christine, I know the, the North Shore Mountain Bike Association has been asked in the past why they aren't just the, the North Shore Trail Building Association. It seems to come up every year that the organization would present to, to city council. Mm-hmm. Um, why? I mean, it's, it's a good question. Why hasn't the group changed its name? 
Um, very similar to what Ernest was saying before, we are trail builders who happen to really enjoy mountain biking, but a lot of mountain bikers also enjoy hiking and trail running as well um, as additional activities that they do. And we see that through our membership survey that we put out. But I would say the, the biggest reason is it's the North Shore. And this depending on who you talk to, is the birthplace of mountain biking. And it was mountain bikers who advocated for um, the trail network to remain and be established the way that it is. And as PR, I think we would lose a lot of that support in the community if mountain biking was taken out of our name. So we do a lot of work with our mission statement, Trails for All, Trails Forever, as well as our constitution, which is defined in our Societies Act, to really support and educate our community that, yes, mountain biking is in our name, and we maintain a shared-use trail network through our mission statement and through our constitution. It's really important for us to continue to do that and really support the community coming together. So our work tends to be more in that education piece of letting people know that mountain bikers aren't just this rowdy group. I mean, we are, we can be rowdy, but we are so much more. <laughs> We're so much more than what you stereotypically think of mountain biking. And we are, we are trail stewards, we are trail builders, we're trail maintainers who happen to enjoy recreating using a mountain bike. And we also recreate in many other ways as well. So it, it has been tricky. It's, it's tricky to, um, like our work, instead of rebranding our organization and spending the time to make a new logo and really push out a new trail alliance or trail association name, we go to town and go to work on educating our community. And I think the additional benefit of that is we are slowly, very slowly, slower than a snail's pace, helping to also adjust the mentality about who is a mountain biker. And that is what also very, very much what excites me through this process. Like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to educate the community, not only in what you're doing and how they can support you, but also who you are being for the community. But I think in the long term, we're also helping to push that needle and push that stereotype and change the stereotype of truly who a mountain biker is. Yeah, I think that that image of of uh of who uh, what a mountain biker looks like I think is something that uh that a lot of trail organizations struggle to to kind of ditch that image sometimes. I, Christine and I actually just just had a chance to to meet with with our uh one of our local mayors for one of our municipalities and and you know, I think the the perception of what she had in her head of who a mountain biker looks like is is, you know, middle-aged bearded white guy um, which two of the people in that meeting were middle-aged <laughs> bearded white guys <laughs> and, uh, and so she's not far off of what that image is but you know we are more than than just that absolutely yeah showing up to that meeting the other day seven months pregnant and as a woman was amazing because you could just <laughs> see that we're breaking down these barriers showing up to those land manager meetings or showing up in front of the community just as you were saying Sarah of like the assumption that I need to be like this really cool mountain biker to be able to take on this executive director role. I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on this conversation, but we're breaking down those stereotypes. Yeah. 
So I think there's something I want to go back on, Christine, that you said, and, and I think it's a, a great segue. So you are uh, seven months pregnant, and so that means that you're going to be coming up on on maternity leave. And so the North Shore Mountain Bike Association is is going through a hiring process. They're looking for for somebody to kind of fill your role, mm-hmm. and and so this might be something too where I feel like having that branded name that is more than just mountain biking might make finding employees a little bit easier, you know? And, and so Sarah was, you know, were you looking at the, the bike coalition as like, oh yeah, I want to work for a bike coalition or, or did, was there some hesitation in applying for a job at a bike coalition and would applying for the same position at a trails Alliance been a little bit different for you? It's funny you asked that because I've kind of forgotten at this point now that we're the Trails Coalition, but um, <laughs> I definitely had hesitations because I wanted to fundraise and like be a part of an organization that really supported trail crews and the trails and stuff, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to tie myself to only bicycles mm. just from the way potentially that could have been perceived me coming from the forest service, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, if this is the avenue in the community that has the money that wants to make it happen, and this board is super engaged and awesome, then whatever. So I got over it. But I definitely, it made me hesitate at first. And I don't, I don't regret it at all, obviously. And I think, I mean, even if we were still the Bicycle Coalition, I think our momentum would still be really great and really good things would be happening. But I think the community was kind of ready to have a group that wasn't tied to a user group because we have a ton of different user group organizations here. And I think it was just time to be like, okay, let's set the labels aside and just move forward with trails. You mentioned uh, earlier as well that the you haven't heard any any negative feedback uh, about this this name change, which is great. I wonder if the same would be true for the North Shore. Um, you know, we have many angry people on the North Shore about anything that that ever happens here, um, and I think that's true for uh, for a lot of communities. Ernest, has there been any negative feedback on on the Vale Valley changing their name to a Trails Alliance versus a, a bike association? We we haven't had any yet. Um, we've only had good positive feedback. Awesome. Discussing it as a board, you know, our concern was: Are we losing our our core? We started this as a mountain biking organization. We are generally mountain bikers first and foremost, but we quickly got past that discussion because we're again only going to continue what we've already been doing. We're still going to advocate for for trails in general. We're still going to try to push and progress our mountain biking trails at the same time. There, there always needs to be that that progression uh, moving forward because we're we're starting to hear it. You know, with the population growing around here, there's so many trail users, and it's all multi-use that it it's going to come to a time where we need to kind of move move past that usual land management and trail use decision and, and look at how we can um, satisfy all user groups. And Ernest, so now your group is is a little bit unique as well in in the sense that you're a chapter under the the IMBA local program. And I assume you're you're gonna remain within the IMBA local program. Is there any was there any discussion about does this work as a trail association or or is this better suited for a, a bike association? Yeah, we talked about that briefly, and we're gonna we we are going to stay underneath the as an IMBA chapter. When we were looking and having a conversation, there are a handful of organizations around 
Colorado, the state just in general that are in chapters that don't have mountain biking in their name. Um, and they're more just trails focused. And I think it's a good thing. It, it trails are, are what we all love and enjoy. And especially here where we are in the Vale Valley, it's an economic driver, both for biking and hiking and everyone that is coming to visit here being a, a, a tourist community. Um, they want to get outside. They want to get on the trails, whether they're hiking, biking, trail running, whatever it may be. We still feel that we uh, fit underneath the Imba chapter, being that mountain biking is at our core. So whether uh, your organization is going to come to the decision of, of changing its name or keeping its name, I think it's important to have a, a conversation about who it is that, that you serve. And it kind of touches to, I think, the probably one of the most important things that every trail association should have, and, and perhaps not everyone does, and, and that should be something that should be looked at, but a, a mission statement. What is the goal? What is the mission of, of a local trail association? Uh, wh- what do you think the first steps are? In, in having this conversation or what are some things that should be taken into consideration when it comes to this conversation about who you are? Are you, are you a trail organization or are you a bike club that does a little bit of trail maintenance? How do you begin to have these conversations with, uh, with your organization? Yeah. I mean, the bicycle coalition has gone through a really interesting uh, journey over the last 10 years. We became a nonprofit with the IRS on, in 2011, but it's been a thing since 2008, I believe, and was really kind of started as a bicycle advocacy group, you know, like more bike lanes, more bike trails, like getting Haley um, certified as a bike friendly community. So much bigger than just like single track trails on forest service land. And then got really involved in the wilderness area just north of here, the White Clouds Wilderness, um, advocating for that to be a national monument so you could still ride your mountain bike in it, which didn't end up happening. And then kind of a few years of trying to figure out really what they wanted to do and where they were going. And now after hiring me, I've really been like, okay, we're going to be a trail stewardship group because after the White Clouds, I mean, had raised a lot of money to build new trails on the Forest Service lands around here. Just like, okay, this is what's working and this is what fits the community and this is what the community needs right now. So that's kind of where those conversations came from. Like, where are we getting traction? And we were, they were, I wasn't around then, but they were getting traction and raising money for new trails. People were stoked on that. And people weren't as stoked about having an advocacy group. I don't think, I mean, not all people, of course. And so that was part of the reason why we dropped IMBA last year is we just wanted to become a local trail stewardship group and didn't want to be kind of like tied to the larger mountain bike conversation going on nationally. So those conversations started before I got here, but when we made the final decision last fall to change our name, I mean, we had multiple conversations all last year about just wanting to raise money for the trails and not wanting to be doing advocacy anymore, which has definitely changed our mission and vision statement compared to what you would find on our old website. So basically just dropping that advocacy piece was an easier sell here for us in terms of fundraising and making things happen on the ground. That's a that's an interesting timeline of of change. You know, you, you kind of went from a, a a more broad goal uh, yeah. and, and narrowed it down, and and now you're almost kind of going back out to focus, but a little bit broader again. Yeah, and we're kind of keeping our mission statement and uh, vision statement vague enough that if we decide we want to do more like bike lane or like pedestrian things in town or. Um, the sort of bike path things that we can kind of get into it again, but at the mm. moment that's not our focus. 
What is your mission and vision statement? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> we just <Sorry. laughs> redid it. No, our, our mission statement we finalized, and that is basically the Wood River Trails Coalition is a trail stewardship organization that works to create, maintain, and sustain our local trail network. Cool. And the vision statement, actually, we're still kind of hashing out, but basically just collaboration between all our different land managers, businesses, individuals, and other organizations to kind of create an all-inclusive environment for all users. Um, that's not finalized, but that's kind of the vein we're working in, basically, at the moment. It sounds like at the North Shore Mountain Bike Association, we're, we're uh, along, like we're very aligned with when I think about your vision and mission statement. We've just had a few more years to kind of make it succinct. So our mission statement is Trails for All, Trails Forever. And that mission statement really supports us in conversation. So like when I think about your question, sorry, Brent, I'm going, I'll go back to the question. Yeah, no, that's okay. Go for it. <laughs> instead of going on a tangent is like, it, it sounds Sarah, like it's the same for you in, in Wood River uh, Trails Coalition is that you're listening, you're listening to the community, you're listening to the various members or potential members that you have in your community and having discussions amongst the board. And I think that that's a good place to start is to have this conversation amongst the your board of directors uh, and then start to take that conversation outside a little more. We've had this conversation multiple times and I feel like our community is really on board because it happens in a very public place, which is um, our delegation to our local municipality council. And because our mayor asks us every single year, like, why aren't you a trails association? Why don't you rebrand? And it's a really great opportunity to explain why. Mm-hmm. And so that education piece, but we do, we listen to our community and we listen to our membership and we think not only of our membership as it currently stands now, but also our future membership. And I, I truly believe that as over the last five years, we've seen a lot of growth in our membership. And I think that that growth was to do, was due to a lot of us educating our community that we were just more than a mountain bike group, but we're doing so much more for the community through our trails and working on trails that are shared use. So we've kind of gone from very specific and we're getting a little bit more broad, but at the end of the day, our vision and mission statement are what kind of keep us in a good place. Um, and reel us back when we start coming up with new ideas or new programs or get pulled into the conversation of, well, why don't you rebrand to a trail association? It sounds very easy, but I, I, as you two can both attest, it's it's a lot more than, than ease. There's a lot that goes into that aspect as well. And we just choose to use that energy to continue to educate um, as opposed to rebrand. Does that answer your question? I, forget, <laughs> I think so. I forgot what my question was, so it's all good. <laughs> like, where do you start? Where do you start this oh, conversation yeah. in your community? I think was where you're going. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm happy with that. So I don't know if if Ernest, you want to add anything to that, or uh, I would just echo what um, Christine said about listening to your community. You know, we've, we've done that a lot over the past eight years. I think our mission statement that we originally came up with in 2011 when we were formed was to make Eagle County a global mountain biking destination. And our mission statement has 
very much changed from that, from uh, when we just rebranded to the Vail Valley Mountain Trails Alliance to more of a, a, to maintain, educate and advocate and build sustainable non-motorized soft surface trails while conserving our natural environment in Eagle County and our public lands that surround us. Yeah, that's a, a, a far stretch from global mountain bike destination to now trail advocates that are maintaining and advocating for our natural environment and, and soft surface trails. But it's, it's because we did listen to our community and we, we worked with a lot of our municipalities and heard what the issues were with whether it be wildlife decline or you know, land management issues. We, we have formed and, and have been fluid. While still kind of keeping our core of the mountain biking, we we still want to progress and push forward our, our trails. For example, we the wildlife decline in our valley is a, a huge topic right now, as it should be. And last year, we formed a trail ambassador program where we had volunteers stand at seasonal closed trailheads to educate people about why you can't go on a trail during this time of the year because they're elk calving. So we've we've come a long way. We've we've worked with our our municipalities and our community and feel like we are much more aligned with with our community and, and where we're headed. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that I wanted to get out of this conversation isn't necessarily about the nitty gritty details of changing your name or changing the logo, but having a conversation about who you are. And, you know, I think what all of you have, have either mentioned or alluded to is listening to what the what your community is saying. I think that's the the most important piece to this is is making sure that you aren't staying stagnant and and that you are evolving and changing and adapting and uh, a lot of us start with with one specific goal in mind. Uh, a lot of trail associations start with just simply, we want to save these trails. And then once those trails are saved or not saved, it, at that point, it's like, well, now what are we? And, and you know, some groups have disbanded after that point. It's like, no, we, we achieved what we want to achieve and, and that was it. And other groups, that was just simply the, the genesis of, of their entire organization. Well, everybody, I just want to say thank you for, for taking the time to, uh, to jump onto this conversation and, and contribute. It, uh, it really means a lot to me. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you, Brent. It has been great. Big thanks to all three of my guests, Christine, Sarah, and Ernest. I also wanted to give a shout out to Alistair and Lindsay from Hobart, Tasmania. They were visiting Squamish recently, and we had an opportunity to grab lunch and a beer as they passed through town. And thank you to Ben Masterman for connecting us together and for being a huge fan of the podcast. Like always, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FrontlinesMTB. You can also join the Facebook group at Advocates on the Frontlines of MTB. And you can send me an email or audio file to info at FrontlinesMTB.com. You can stream the show on Mountain Bike Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you haven't done so already, leave a review on wherever you get the show. It helps others find the podcast. Don't forget to support the show via PayPal. You can find a link in the show notes, along with a link to the Frontline's MTB Book Club. And thank you to everyone who has supported the show financially recently. Your donations have ensured that this show can stay alive through summer. Music, as always, is by Lee Rosevere, production notes by Jennifer Pride, artwork is created by Brandon Gallagher-Watson and BGW Creative, and big thanks to Ben Welnack and the team at Mountain Bike Radio for their continued support. And finally, I'm Brent Hillier. This is Frontlines. Thanks for listening, and happy trails. <laughs>